Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 21 years after an upstate New York college student vanishes seemingly without a trace, a new iHeartRadio original podcast sheds new light on the disappearance of Suzanne Lyle. I'm Phoebe LaFave, and this is Upstate Unsolved. Listen on the iHeartRadio app or anywhere you get podcasts. Rock, I can't get out of a parking ticket, and yet some people get by with scamming the Social Security Administration for 27 years. How about this? So uh, this guy um, collected his dead mother's Social Security checks uh, for 27 years before the Social Security Administration finally had uh, discovered the fraud in 2017. Uh, he admitted to stealing more than 300, uh, I guess, yeah, more than 300 monthly Social Security payments mistakenly paid to his mother, uh, admitted to stealing a total of 187 grand. Yeah, over 187 grand before somebody like went. Wait a minute, that woman's like 150 now. See, how did I not check that? But the, like but the IRS will audit me like like 400 exactly. times over the same year. You know what right. I mean? Like, you get a 1099 you didn't report for 112 dollars. They They're going up your butt. <laughs> <laughs> this right. guy's going to have been doing this for 27 years. Uh, these guys reported it on the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline. Our good friend from Channel 9, Tanya Rourke. Tanya, how are you? Eight. I'm good, but $8.2 billion. Yeah. The Social Security Administration estimates it paid improperly just in 2018. Just now. Yeah, that one that's year. That's, that's unbelievable. $8.2 billion. I don't even know what that looks like. If you think about $8.2 billion of anything... That's a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. How about that? He made a mistake 300 times. See, that's, that's the, I mean, hey, but here's the deal. You know how it goes, Tony. It's like the first yeah. time it happens and you go, oh, my God, they made a mistake. This is wonderful. And then it happens again, happens again. But at some point, it's like any entitlement. It becomes like something you, you can't do without now. You sure. know, I mean, it's not a bonus anymore. It's part of what I Yeah, this is part expect. of my income. Right. And then you're screwed. You know, in some ways, you kind of, you know, the the like the devil on your shoulder says, ah, I can't blame him. They were giving him the checks, for goodness sake. Yeah, exactly. That's a, I'm sure he makes that case in his head. Like, look, it's their dumb fault for paying me yeah, the thing. <laughs> what, what, right. That's not my issue to and go around and check it out. And like, yeah, but you're going to go to prison, dummy. Yes. So, um, But he's not. He's going to be on probation. He's a, not a young man to begin with. So, yeah, I do wonder, like, how old would she have allegedly been? At this point. That's what I was wondering. I mean, this gentleman, what is he, 75, 76? I mean, I don't know, but he has uh, trouble like walking. So. Yeah, he, he's an older guy, and mm-hmm. uh, he used to be a pastor, for God's sake, this guy. Oh, jeez. You know, <laughs> like, but here, I think the, the stunning thing was, okay, sure, there are, you know, even even pastors can make, mis- can, like, make a moral mistake, right? Mm-hmm. But. You think about the fact that the Social Security Administration doesn't have reliable systems for identifying and stopping payments to dead people. Right. And that's obviously what the case was here. This right. woman, she wasn't sick for a long time. She was dead. 
Okay. Yeah, she wasn't just like an like you know eating kale every day and staying alive. No, no, she was. She'd been dead for twenty seven years. My goodness. At some, I just wonder at some point when you're if you're Mr. Joe Ash, are you lying in bed every night, kind of going, gosh. I gotta do something about this. I gotta stop. I gotta stop using these checks. I, mean, I gotta. Do, I gotta turn this in. Or do you just go? I'm in too deep at this point. I don't know. See, but this is a case though, also where if this was a private company, they would have found out a way to stop this and found a way to fix the solution a long, long time ago. But when it's public money, when it's just your tax dollars, mine, it doesn't matter, right? There's probably also a fear of like you know. Well, if they start monitoring who's alive and who's dead, is there some sort of encroachment on personal? I don't know. Who knows? But you're right. If this if this was farmed out to a private company, they probably would be on this somehow, some way. I, I can only imagine. But here we are, $8.2 billion a year improperly paying people. Why am I not one of them? That's the question we'd like to ask today. Right. <laughs> So they'll I, probably improperly not pay me, you know. But here's the retirement. thing: how can you get? How does that get by you that the woman died? This is like I said; she wasn't like sick for a long time. God rest her soul. Know. She was an older person, there, and there she passed away. Here, like right. So when, like every death certificate, you know, should be filed and absolutely, and social security number gets. I mean, this goes you know, way flagged. down the chain, as far as I'm concerned. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, some is, employees is getting paid nothing to, you know, to really check for that sort of thing. So who cares? And there we go. That's it. I don't know, but that's. I mean, again, and I know I'm harping on this, but that's over eight billion dollars. Come on. Yeah, you can fix a lot of uh, problems in the United States with uh, $8.5 sure billion. Dollars. As well as Social Security. <laughs> and that's, yeah. You were talking yeah. about the IRS earlier. This is Social Security. Different. They're not auditing you. But nonetheless, we talk about, oh, so, you know, Social Security may not be around by the time I get there or Rocky. When you get there, you know, Ed, it'll be there when you get there. But um, <laughs> It better be. <laughs> oh, he'll have a conniption fit. Are you air. kidding me? There will be. I will stay on this air for <laughs> 48 hours, and I will do nothing but scream. Or chain himself to the death. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, maybe the, if we did stop the improperly paying people to the tune of billions of dollars a year, it would be around. I don't know. This, this, I think that this is, this needs to, we need to keep investigating this for some reason. I really do. So, so the other story we saw there, Tanya, on WCPO.com mm-hmm. is, uh, so I guess uh, public schools, Cincinnati public schools, no longer offer driver's ed, right? You know, everyone has so, to take driver's ed, but now it's no longer offered. So, okay, I know, and Eddie, you probably the same way. I was in high school. They offered it through school. Absolutely, now, yes. if you didn't want to take it at that time, which it was like, I don't know, weeks of sitting in the classroom listening to somebody talk, you could take a private, you could pay privately, which was more expensive, and go to like Bic's driving school or something. Right. And sit there for two Saturdays and get it over with. And so I remember, like, begging my parents to let me do it that way. Well, apparently a lot of us kept begging and begging and begging. And then and our parents gave in, and it became expensive for the schools to do from an insurance standpoint alone, like, you know, having vehicles around. And and so schools started dropping it. So I asked – so I, Eddie, you and I had that option. But, Rocky, did you even have an option in your school to take driver's ed? No. I mean, they didn't offer it at St. X. I don't know if right. uh, uh-huh. any public schools they did. I took mine at uh, Stanley's over there in uh, White Oak. Well, that was a deal. When I was uh, when I was a kid, my birthday was in February. So if I had gone, because so ergo, I had to wait until second semester right. of that my sophomore year, I guess that was, and uh, I wouldn't have got my license until the summertime. 
Well, and that to, was not going to happen. That right? wasn't going to happen. A, I wanted to drive a car, and B, I wanted to get a job and stuff. Yeah, so, sure, and you wanted to go hang out with your friends. Right. Really, you didn't and, want a job. You wanted to go hang out. Well, they follow. But anyways, <laughs> but my mom and dad, for my 16th birthday, gave me driver's lessons. Yeah, that sounds but, about right. But, that was like, I, but back then, that was it was like 120 bucks or something. Yeah. I mean, it was a nice birthday present back then. But now these things cost like five, uh, six hundred. Like five, six hundred dollars. It's unbelievable. Five hundred twenty-five dollars, between four hundred thirty-five dollars to five hundred twenty-five dollars. That's what AAA charges. I don't know what other places charge, but that's what they charge. And you know, so uh, I, I know that my um, my son Graham was not super excited to get his license. A lot of kids are like this. You don't have to take driver's ed right. if you get past the age of eighteen. And I, I knew a kid on my street who she was like, she was like, I'm saving my money. I'm not going to get my license until I'm 18. My parents can drive me around. Well, that was just not an option in my household. My parents no, were like, right. yeah, we're not driving you anywhere. That so, is um, you know, <laughs> but a lot of kids are like kind of delaying and delaying and delaying because they, then they don't have to pay for driver's education. But when it's not offered in your school and you don't really have the out of pocket 500 some bucks to pay for a private lessons, I mean, this becomes a problem, right? So I, I, now, like, AAA is starting to do stuff where they're going to allow people to do, they have online courses, which if you think about, you know, the way college education is going, and so many classes are being offered online, you know, I think that's a pretty, to me, that sounds, you know, just on the, on the surface of it, sounds like a good idea, honestly. Like, sure. a lot of it can be done from your computer sitting at home, so the cost is less expensive, and then you got to do your hours in the car and all that stuff. But, yeah, that, that seems to me like a, a nice sort of middle-of-the-road opportunity. I, I don't think there's really any other option. At this point, you you got to go that route because it's become too expensive. So if you want to you know, get anything out of it, you got to offer that. What if you don't have that kind of money? You don't have that kind of money. Not to mention that once you do get your license, there's kind of all kinds of fees you incur when you, you know, you get your license. I don't know what it is, fifty-five dollars anymore to get a license. Now you got to have insurance and all that stuff. It's not. It is not inexpensive to have a driver's license. I think so many of us think like, wow, it's so great. It's a rite of passage, and it is. But for other kids, it's really, it's really a difficult situation. Well, and, and also, I mean, now there, there's Uber. You know what I mean? You're not right. like I mean before there you had absolutely no option to get anywhere. Now you at least, especially if you're in a, you know like a closer city kind of setting, you have that option. Right. So yeah, well pay the money or do this. It's an easy choice. Yeah, man, this hold out to your 18, but still, I mean, I know my car insurance is, feels like it's extraordinary. I can't imagine what it would be for a, like a 17 year old kid who's got to get their insurance on their own somehow or pay for it themselves. That's what, did you have to pay for your insurance when you were a teenager? Because like a lot of parents were sort of like, fine, we'll let you borrow the car, but you have to pay for your insurance. You got to get a job. Did you, I, you I got to pay that? for some of mine. My, no, nah, my parents left me on their insurance until I. Uh... Got out of college, and then it was like, sayonara. See ya. Yeah, <laughs> that, sounds like, that sounds right to me, too. Like My parents were like, look, we, we need you to drive because we just don't want to take you anywhere anymore. We're so done. You're the youngest. We'll let you be on our insurance. And then they kicked me off when I got out of college. Sounds, sounds right to me. But can you imagine if you had to pay for it yourself? And a lot of kids did. I remember a lot of my friends had to, like, at least give a portion of it, like pay, you know, half of it. And they paid, their parents paid for it, but they had to pay them back you know, by working or whatever. Right. So I don't know. I mean, you know, I think we should all count ourselves as lucky kids. All right. With that, Tanya, we'll let you go. Aw, okay, guys.
Always. <laughs> Sorry. Disappointed, Ed. <laughs> Glad we had this time together. <laughs> I know. Just to have a laugh, sing a song. Sing a know? song or two. Okay. Right. See you guys soon. Bye, Tanya. See you. Bye. Bye. Tug on your ear. Bye now. Bye. <laughs> There's uh, Tanya Fork. <laughs> You hang up first. No, you Dude, hang right. up first. Exactly. <laughs> oh, you did in high school. <laughs> we're, we're trying to get, let you go, I don't know, back to work. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shoot. Let's uh, go to traffic now. Now, Rob, how did you handle it when you were a kid at getting your um, your driver's ed? Um, I, I was dying to get my license. Yeah. And uh, my parents were kind of the worrying type. Mm-hmm. And uh, as soon as I got my license, my mom, my dad didn't have the patience to take me out driving. So I did it all with my mom. I even got pulled over by a trooper yeah. once <laughs> for going too fast. I was with my dad and my uncle one time, and he's going, slow down, slow down, <laughs> slow down. And I'm like, I'm fine. I Woo! got this. Yep. That's he was me. like, yeah. See? Yeah. <laughs> but my dad didn't have the patience. My mom's the one who took me out. And uh, when I did finally get my driver's license, you know, most people get their license and they either have their car and can go out driving with their friends or their parents say, go drive and get it out of your system. Mine, you can't drive by yourself. You'll have an accident. Yeah. Well, the first time I drove with my mom by myself, she kept uh, yelling at me Mm -hmm. and I got about two streets from my house and I slammed on the brakes. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. She almost put her head through the windshield. <laughs> You said drive. Break checked your own mom. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And I, well, she she did hit me, but (laughs) I was like, let it go. (laughs) She deserved it. Oh, God. Yeah. Sometimes it's just not worth it. And then what happens the first time I got to drive the car by myself, I had an accident. It's like, well, that's what you said would happen, so I didn't want to let you down. There you go. Mm-hmm. Right. We got a problem on southbound 471 right now from the UC Health Traffic Center offering congratulations. Eddie and Rocky talking about driver's ed and lack thereof in schools now. Let's talk to Paul about it. Paul, thanks for calling, buddy. What do you have? Hey, thanks, Eddie and Rocky. You guys uh, you guys rock. Thanks, man. Hey, Eddie, you and I are Thank about you. the same age. Uh, back in the day, my parents couldn't wait for me to get it to get my driver's license um it was uh, i think it was shillitoes or bix or somebody you had to go downtown on a saturday i did all day education all day on a saturday right and they got my license by the, by the middle of march so it was uh, quick and easy yeah that was a deal with uh, with me we took it from like i said it was it was pretty cheap and it took us to uh took they had to drop me off at triple a two weekends in a row Done with the classroom, and then that guy came and picked me up, and we drove around. Yeah, yeah, and, and my, I did my uh, driver's uh, training on 75 in morning traffic. Oh, God. Oh, wow. See, that's, <laughs> I, that, thanks, Paul. I, that, I had to get on uh, – I think I had to get on the interstate once. And that's – and that guy said – I was like, this is intimidating. He was like, this is easy. <laughs> this is the easy part. Yeah. Driving around out there on this country road, that's where it's going to be screwy. 
Hey, Mike, what about you? What do you have, buddy? Hey, guys. How you doing today? Good. Uh, so I graduated in 78, but in 76, when I turned 16, I went to Bix. But my best friend's mom and dad had him go through the driver's ed in school. And uh, about his second time out in the car, while the driver's ed teacher was sleeping, he totaled it. <laughs> oh so, my God! The, the best part of it is he passed driver's ed. <laughs> Can you pass the course you if you wreck the damn car? I don't know, but he sure did. Oh my legs, God! Legs, Mike. That's like the minimum you can you have to not, not do. I <laughs> uh, hey, Val, what do you have talking about driver's ed? Okay, I'm I'm about 55 now, but anyhow. My parents paid for me to go to fix. They wanted me to get the job and the whole thing. So the first day, I thought it was cool. The guy picked me up in a uh, TA-6-6. The next time, you had to go four times. Well, I rode around and looked at cars with some guy with an auto tra- trader. Well, then the third time, this <clears throat> kind of a MILF picked me up. And uh, she was really cool. And we're, we're like, you know, I'm talking to her and kind of hitting on her. Well, anyhow, she said, well... I'm going to schedule you. I'm going to drive you the next time. Well, I'm talking all kinds of crap with her. The next time she picks me up, well, I rolled a twisty. And I'm laying a rap on her and all this stuff. And I says, hey, you know. So we fire this thing up. She got so twisted up. She took me up to Shillitoes in Western Hills and made me do the cones the whole time. She was twist burnt up. She was high as a kite. It was funny. But it was pretty memorable anyhow. I was going to say. Well, that's Thanks, Mike. I swear to God, I fell one day. I was going to say, that's too hard to make up. I don't dodge it. Thanks, man. Ah, the good old days, right? That's quality driver's head right there. Hey, what's that? Joint? Yeah. You want some? You want to get high? Sure. All right, let's go practice working. I'm on the clock, but whatever. (laughs) With a 16-year-old kid. (laughs) Oh, man. We got ABC News coming up, but now we've got our news. News Radio 700 WLW. Hey, we'll get back to your calls on driver's ed here in just a few minutes. We've got several people lined up. But in the meantime, we go to the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline to our friend Ryan Burrow from ABC News. And, uh, Ryan, what is the latest on the uh, coronavirus? You know, travel's the big issue we're talking about today. We've got uh, three airlines, American, Delta, and United, uh, that have begun issuing travel waivers for people uh, who are going to China, and this includes Beijing and Shanghai, not just Wuhan. Um, So if people want to change their flights, they're more than welcome to do so. Uh, They've also, United, that is, has suspended 24 China flights. Um, It doesn't really have to do with trying to contain the virus. Uh, It really has more to do with just lack of flyers. A lot of people just saying, nope, not interested in going. So they've shed 24 of their flights. Um, We've also seen American Airlines tell the flight attendants and other employees, if you want to wear a mask on the flight, that's fine. It's not standard. It's not necessary. But uh, if you choose to wear a mask, uh, you can go ahead and do that. So um, that's something that uh, might disturb some flyers if you're uh, getting served your orange juice by someone with a mask. But uh, that being said, it's uh, completely up to them. You know what, Ryan? I this is something I haven't heard. Um, 
Well, and I understand that Wuhan is a bigger city than we would all realize. But what what is there that people from the the states might want to go there for? You know what I'm saying? Uh, a tourist area? Is there a lot of business places centers there, or what? It's a very populated area, so you do have situate you do have centers where people are going to visit family and relatives and you know where they grow i mean there there are pockets in mexico where you can find almost little bits of chicago or new york i mean just because of how many people are just going back and forth uh from that region um you know and, and another thing that we're seeing as far as the cases that are concerning health officials here in the united states is a lot of students a lot of exchange students from China who come to the United States. They get their education, they go back home, and vice versa. We send a lot of students to China uh, who go and get an education in China and then fly back. So a lot of these cases that we've seen, uh, even today alone, with the, with the two uh, Miami, Ohio uh, students who are being checked out, um, we had six uh, students and a uh, few faculty members uh, from University of Wisconsin-Platteville that had to be checked out. They just came back from Wuhan. So it's family members, it's exchange students, that's a big part of it so there's a, a local guy here the former uc football player we're actually gonna have him on tomorrow i believe uh, jared evans he's in wuhan for i don't know the reason why but he's flying back currently just like you know you talked about here but he was saying something like he has to be quarantined for a certain amount of time do you know any more about that oh wow okay so he is one of the people uh, we'll have to touch base on this because this is interesting so he's one of the people on this charter flights that's coming from wuhan the, the state department uh, set up a charter flight for diplomats and american uh, citizens who want to get out because you know they've restricted all of the oh, flights wow. and they've restricted a lot of the travel so uh, they've set up this charter flight they've got to go to california ontario california is where they're going to land and they're going to be quarantined for three days to check and see if they've got symptoms that doesn't mean they have it um, but they don't want them going out into the population if they do because sometimes incubation is two to 14 days so they just want to check them all out for three days before that but ryan what you know what i'm hearing is that this thing is and we we love in the in, in the states to get all hypey about stuff like this and, and i guess rightfully so but from what I gather, this thing has been pretty much contained, no? Uh, well, we've had five cases in the United States, and all of those cases have come from China. Nobody has spread it person to person here in the United States, so right. keep that in mind. It's not as though we've all been infecting each other. These people have come from China, they landed, and then they either got sick uh, because they already had it in their system or they were sick when they returned. Now, uh, that being said, if we look at the flu numbers, 8,200 deaths so far this year in the United States this season, uh, one 140,000 people hospitalized and millions of people sickened, you're probably more likely to die from the flu than coronavirus right now. So just keep that in mind. But, Ryan, flu does not sound near as scary as <laughs> coronavirus. coronavirus. Well, to be honest with you, we should all, half the kids half the kids in my son's class should be wearing those flu masks right now. I don't want, I don't want him bringing that stuff. So trust me, Ryan, my, my wife, is as we speak, is online buying masks and fumigating the house <laughs> and, and all this. It's, it's crazy. This is what I'm I'm dealing with and, so. and I, Ryan, I, I think we're going to be talking. We're going to be talking about this later on the show. But I don't know if you saw this story, and we'll let you go after this. The Google searches for virus caused by Corona beer have absolutely <laughs> skyrocketed, and it. I'm not making that up. Buying limes now. It's not scurvy, people, but you can put the limes in the in the Corona. So there you go. All right, buddy. Take care. Yep. Thanks, Ryan. So we were uh, talking about that, and we will get into that in a little. We got to get into that, but because some marketing yeah. guy at Corona's gone. Ah! 
We did not deserve this. We did nothing wrong. Corona is a style of beer. It's not has nothing to do with the virus. People are stupid. By the way, while that was segment was going, my wife texted me like four times talking about how it's not even close to being contained. Coronavirus. With links to like seventeen articles. God. Well, Help me. <laughs> you're gonna have to hazmat Stay going in your house. Right. <laughs> I don't want you. Send, send Deb over there. I'll those little germ machines that are your children are coming. Oh, I don't yes. want you bringing that into my house. That's right. <laughs> let's let's talk about Driver's Ed, shall we? Hey, Josh. Hey, thanks for hanging on, buddy. What do you have on Driver's Ed? Hey, how you guys doing? Good, Good man. Um, I met you guys before we get that. I met you guys at the Marty party. Marty party. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, down at the uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I was the dude who told you, Rocky, how he had you on his football team on Madden. That's right. I remember that. That was outside there. Very cool. Yeah. What do you yeah. got? Uh, all right. I went to Bix, mm-hmm. and up here in Dayton, Bix was known. That's who you wanted to go to because I didn't make you drive. So the first day, guy pulls up in my house, get into his car. He's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, taking driver's ed. He's like, how about we go to the mall instead? So <laughs> we get into the car. We drive to the mall, walk around a big mall. He buys a pair of shoes, takes you back home. Saturday morning, wakes up. Or I'm sorry, Friday night comes. Picks me up, buys me beer for that night. So goes out, drops me off. I'm like, hey, I got beer. <laughs> my friends were like, where the hell did you get beer from? I'm like, my driver's ed teacher just bought it for me. Mm. They're like, no way. I'm like, yeah, way he did. He just bought it for me. So you know, we went out Saturday morning times. Comes to my house, picks me up. Comes inside, sits down for a minute. He's like, um, what'd you do last night? I was like, I went out with my friend, drank the beer you bought me. <laughs> All right. Well, I got really drunk, too, so this is what they're going to do. We're going to go to my girlfriend's house, and I'm going to go lay down in bed, and you can do whatever you want to do. So we get into the car, go to his girlfriend's house, and his girlfriend lived right across from Kroger's on Smithville. So he goes in, and I'm just sitting there in the living room like, okay. Sat there for about four hours. He finally comes back out. He's like, all right, let's take you home. Drive you back home. That was the extent of my driver's education. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But the thing was, I had driven a car Several times, so I knew how to drive a car. It wasn't like I was lacking anything. Right. Yeah, well, yeah but was... you know what? But Josh, you're paying, and thanks, buddy. You're paying for it, so I don't know if you want to go hang out and drink beer at your girl, his, his girlfriend's house. See, I, I where I thought this was going is, you know, in 
girlfriend, her friend was over. That's what I was <laughs> wondering. And led her to penthouse here. Bob, real quick, what do you got about driver's ed? Hey, guys, uh, when I was, I got my license when I was 19, and the day I turned 21, my dad comes to me and says, Happy birthday. Here's 20 bucks. Go get me some beer. <laughs> nice. Came in handy. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, is that works. I, I think that's what I'm, my kids keep hinting that they want me to do that for them now. I'm like, you're on your own. Yeah, go figure it out. It's like, we're going to buy you. I mean, I uh, like, I'll keep, I keep beer around the house for guests and whatnot. If you guys want to drink some of that while you're staying here overnight, that's right. fine. I'm going to go down to campus and come roll it into the dorm with a case of beer. What up, dude? Yeah, what up, guys? Cowabunga. Who's the funnest stand out there? Right. <laughs> I don't want to do the perp walk out of yes. the, the door. Yeah, that's, that's asking for it. Asking for it. Oh, man. Uh, Rob, what do you have? No wonder the world's going to hell here. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> that kid's, you know. It's all blamed on driver's ed or lack thereof. Yeah. Well, from the sounds of some of these driver's ed courses, good God, some of these kids were being led astray. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Oh, I came across a guy. There was a car in uh, with a you know it was marked about the driving school all over it, and a kid was driving. The instructor sitting next to him, and they're going fifty miles an hour in the far left lane. So oh, I called man. the number. I wrote down the number, and uh, I called it later. And I said, uh, yeah, what kind of a driving school tells somebody to drive 50 miles an hour in the far left lane uh, at on 74 at such and such an exit? And they said, well, that was me, and I was teaching him how to drive. And I said, well, you're teaching him wrong because that is illegal, and everybody's passing him on the right to get around him. Yeah, and you said, look, I'm a traffic guy. I know That's what I'm right. talking about here. Yeah. No, he, he just vehemently... Uh, denied doing anything wrong and hung up on me. You mean yeah. he didn't say, you know what, sir? No. I've never met you, but you're absolutely right. I'm nope. going to change my ways. People should be like that. Exactly. See, you're, you're, I'm tearing up right now. I know, you right? Sound like, you sound like that sounds like something I'd do. <laughs> That's awesome. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, I may have signaled or something. I don't remember. From the UC Health Traffic Center, offering congratulations to UC Health physicians for being recognized as the top doctors in Cincinnati. They Rock, still getting some calls. We don't have a lot of time here before the top of the hour, but talking about people's driver's ed experiences. Yeah, man. Fired up. They're doing away with it in high schools now, and people all apparently have had their experiences, like Matt here. Matt, how you doing, buddy? Oh, pretty good. What's up? Uh Back when though, the early 90s, well, I was before that, I guess when I was in school, junior high, I was, you know, a problem child. I was always down at the assistant principal's office and, you know, didn't want to do my work. And they knew I was smart, but they knew I was unruly. So in the eighth grade, I had straight Fs. <laughs> and nice. they, they transferred me to the high school with an explanation that they can't do that in high school. You have to make grades. So my freshman year in high school, I made grades, no problem. But I was still down at the assistant principal's office constantly, you know, for being unruly. Well, I don't know what happened to me that summer. I don't remember anything specific, but for some reason, my sophomore year, I just didn't get in any trouble. 
So all year, my sophomore year, no trouble. Well, my birthday was in April, so at the end of the year, I signed up for the summer driver's ed course, and it turned out it was full. So I had to wait. So I'm in class one day, and they send somebody up for me and said, well, you got to go down to the assistant principal's office. And I was completely bewildered, like, well, I haven't been down there all year. I don't know what I did wrong, whatever. So I get down there, and the assistant principal's down there, and the principal's down there, and I walk in, and I'm like, what I do? And they said, we don't know. What would you do? But I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. They said, well, we saw you signed up for the summer driver's ed course, and it was full. And we haven't seen you down here all year. And since you've made such a huge turnaround from last year, we're going to get you in that class. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And on top of that, when I took my driver's test at the BMV, the car I borrowed didn't have a working speedometer, and they said, well, that's okay. You ought to know what 25 miles an hour is. Yeah, and my girlfriend, give or take. she took the test. She actually hit the BMP building when they got back, and they still passed her. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. See, that's – if you can hit the building and you still pass. Hey. Uh, Brian, how about you? What do you got on driver's ed? Hey, guys, love your show. Got a quick one for Thanks, you. Man. Hey, so back in the day when uh, – a driver's ed was in, in high school. Uh, I was able to, to talk our, uh, our teacher, our instructor, into having both my girlfriend and I in the same driver's ed class. We were in the same car and all that kind of stuff. So I passed. She barely passed. 30 years later, we've been married. She still can't drive. <laughs> <laughs> shot across what's, the bow. Brian, Brian, what's the problem, man? <laughs> No problem. You guys have a good one. Thank you. Sure. Well, okay. That leads us right into our uh, next topic. It does. So so you and Deb, uh, you guys like to give each other some crap, right? Big time. Yeah. You know, most married people do, don't you think? You would think. Yeah. And uh, this uh, story we've got coming up here, we've got uh, an expert on the matter. Roasting your partner every day. What roasting and uh, you know quotations roasting uh, roasting your partner every day makes your relationship stronger. So basically, giving each other a little crap is good for your relationship. I would say that it is. Me and Kelly do that, and like you said, you and Deb, and it's healthy, right? If you can kid around with one another. Well, Sometimes, uh, do you take it too far, though, Ed? Well, I don't do this earlier. <laughs> You know, you're sitting around on a Saturday night. Maybe nothing else is going. You know, you're sitting there. You've had dinner. You're having a cocktail or two. And uh, one thing leads to another. And you, like, say something you think is cute. And it's like going, oh, well, you know what? You're an a-hole. How about, no. How about this? And it's like, oh, you know. You start trading them back and forth. It escalates quickly. <laughs> and yes. I think I would argue that alcohol is always a factor in that matter. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it it, it uh, inhibits the, the boundaries that you think you would normally have. Well, and, uh, and always, if you've had a couple of pops, you think you're funnier than you That's are. That's true. As That's we all know. Mm-hmm. So you're like going, I thought that was funny. I was like, no, you're a <laughs> <laughs> So we'll talk about the boundaries with our expert coming up next. But now we've got the news. News Radio 700 WLW.
The questions have been asked since time immemorial. Is roasting your partner worth it? Is a little harmless fun good for your relationship? I would say that it is, but um, I guess it probably depends on the couple a little bit, no? Where is the line between playful and hurtful, as we touched on earlier? Too often, I cross the line to hurtful. (laughs) (laughs) But that's my nature. Uh, To discuss this process on the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline, our friend Christy Carter. Christy, how are you? Doing well. Hi, guys. So, Christy, we, you know, you heard us talking there. Um, we, we, how how far should you go with this stuff? I mean, yeah, and I think every couple, any, every couple listening right now is like, yeah, you know, we give each other a little crap along the way. That's kind of the that's kind of the process. But you know, how far is too far? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'm at a nonprofit called Relationships First, and we spend a lot of time thinking about, you know, what's helpful in relationships. And to your point, I and mean, what a lot of people would probably say, right, is, hey, we want to be playful, right? We want to have right. fun. You want to have a little fun, sure. Yeah, but you, know, you asked the question a second ago, you know, what's the line between playful and hurtful? And so we would answer, well, when it hurts. <laughs> And uh, we, we have a definition for negativity here, and it's anything your partner receives as a put-down. And so sometimes the person saying something, you know, they're, they're being playful, right? They're, they're, just, they're just having fun. They're not trying to be mean. But if someone receives it in a way that feels negative to them, they're not something that we want to avoid. Uh, you've obviously you studied this, and I think all of us know that it's it's healthy to kind of have a playful relationship. But what like, like what is it about it that that makes that good for a relationship? Why is it good to be able to kind of joke back and forth and give each other, give each other some crap once in a while? Well, the most important thing in a relationship that helps people feel connected is safety. They want to feel. So I'm going I'm to answer your question a bit of a different way. Um, first is just remembering that, you know, when it does feel hurtful, that can trigger things like fear or anxiety or put your defenses up. And so sometimes people might act like they're having fun, but maybe they're not really having fun. So things like sarcasm or roasting your partner, you just want to be real careful about that. Because to do it in a playful way that really does come across as playful takes a lot of skill and awareness of your partner, right? Yeah. But, but, yeah, you know, it just uh, – and I, I was talking, and then this, to me, would be the most common times that happens. You're sitting around. You've just had dinner. You've had a glass of wine or two or nine. And uh, <laughs> so you're, you're, you're doing your regular teasing and stuff, and then you strike a little close to the bone. Isn't it time then to just, like, you got to know your limitations and just, you know, at that mm-hmm. stage of the game, you might want to stand down on that. Am I wrong there? Nope, nope, you're not wrong there. And there's also, you know, the the person on, you know, the the receiving end, we call a lot of times we call it the sender or the receiver, so that, you know, who's talking and who's hearing things. And so, you know, we, we definitely want to encourage receivers, you know, if, if your partner says something to you that you're like, oh, that, that didn't feel very good, you know, make sure you tell them, you know, that didn't feel very good. That that was kind of hurtful. Um, and we, we even say, you know, you, you can use a word, a random word. You can say something like, oh, marshmallow, <laughs> to let your partner know that didn't really land the way that you meant for that to land. 
Wait, so are you right? telling me there should be honesty and communication in a uh, relationship? Yeah. Oh, I, amazing. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Come on, Christy. <laughs> it's a brand new idea. I know. <laughs> but, you know, do you set boundaries? Do you say, hey, look, I'm better. You just kind of you got to develop a feel for it. I mean, that's the way I've always operated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you do. You have to develop a feel for it. And a lot of that comes from, you know, the person receiving it, knowing that they can stay. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, you know, that you know that was a zinger. You know, that, that was an out. That didn't feel great. Um, and then to, to repair that quickly. You know, when that moment happens, you know, for them, who we, we would call the sender, you know, the person talking, you'd be like, oh, you know what, that's. That's not what I meant. You know, I was just being playful. And don't get upset. You know, you don't want to be like, well, didn't you know that I was teasing? Because a lot of times, right, we don't know where the other person's coming from. You know, they, they may have experienced something in their childhood, and whatever you just teased them about brought it up. And it may be really deep. And it may be something they weren't even thinking about in the moment. But a lot of our childhood interactions affect the way that we act in our adult interactions. And the more that we talk about those experiences, then as partners, we can kind of figure out, you know, where, where, what's playful and what's not. And so you never want to say, well, I don't know what your problem is. I was just being playful. Didn't you know I was kidding? Well, you may have hit something in the other person that you didn't mean to hit. And it's okay for them to say, you know what? I don't think that landed the way that you wanted it to. Right. Well, you know what? That's when I start getting mad. I, I go from zero to 60 in about a, a half a second. And I guess maybe I need to work on that. Man, I don't, marshmallow, Ed. Marshmallow. Right, I don't, I, you know, I'm not striking out or anything, but I just get angry and, uh, and I start like going, what the hell are you talking about right now? And then so <laughs> and then it's, you go over the top. And, and then, then you go over the top. And then you, I got to come back with something. And, man, it is on. So, Christy, you know, I guess you just got to learn to get a grip, huh? Mm-hmm. And we, we, we're definitely fans of, you know, structure in conversations when it gets to that point, like you're saying, like, uh-oh, what's happening here? Things seem a little out of hand. Um, and so we do teach a process called safe conversations that give people ways to start sentences and things like asking them, you know, is, is now a good time to talk about what just happened? You know, because if you're in that place where you're not feeling great and you feel like you're going to blow up, maybe that's not a good time to talk about what just happened, right? Yeah. Uh, agreed. And with that, Christy Carter will let you go. You're the executive director of uh, Relationships First. Good stuff. People want to find out more about you. What can they do? Go to relationshipsfirst.org. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. See, that's a little too chipper for my taste. Because when it's on, it's on. You know that as well as I do. I that's don't say. You, you... I, I don't. I surge. I don't. I'm not the. I'm not a tide. I don't come in and recede. You come over the top. I'm. I come you over the top to rope, and I am ready to rock. <laughs> At that point, you want to win, not exactly. Get along. It's like you know, <laughs> you know. I don't go that. You know, hey, marshmallow. 
I don't know. Now I'm pissed. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, come on. You, you, you impressed me to be the same way. And I just can't like, okay, I get it. You cross the line there a little bit. I'm going to stand down. You, you'll be happy to do that, but you're going to make sure you've dealt the winning blow first. And then now, you know what? Now let's, let's just kind of just let all this go. Right. Oh, for sure. I'm going to one punch you. <laughs> That you're laying there. Throw the haymaker. You know what? We just shouldn't do this. This It's not healthy. I respect you. And I know you respect me. Let's just call this off here. I want to be the bigger man. That's a double win for you, Ed. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm going for here. I know. I know you very well. But if there's pushback, then you got to, okay, it's on. Now it's the Avengers versus Thanos. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you got to go. Got to go. Oh, well. Well, I think we all learned something here. Yes. Just uh, don't go too far with your little teasing and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 I mean, any stories you've got like that? When You know what? Maybe that's a good little topic here for a few minutes. Any yeah, times you've gone too far. Bingo. 749-7800, the big one. Pound 700 on AT&T. I'll take your calls coming up. Oh, Rob. What's going on, buddy? Well, highways are looking better. Oh, good. They cleared that accident on the overturned vehicle, southbound 471. From the UC Health Traffic Center, offering congratulations to UC. Eddie and Rocky talking about roasting your spouse. Supposed to be good for you. (laughs) Unless it's not. Unless it's not. (laughs) You find out quickly. Uh, let's take a couple of calls on it. Seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred. The big one pound seven hundred on AT and T. Hey Dan, you're first up. What do you have, buddy? Hey guys, love your show. Thank hey, you. uh, my, my wife and I have been married twenty seven years, and we might be a little bit of ribbing at, at home, but we we had a pact a long time ago that we would make sure that we didn't do it to each other out in public with other people around. And um, it's worked out pretty good that way. So I don't know if this information you got, but it's worked out well. Let's just, like, again, not embarrassing anybody by ripping each other out in public. You know well, what? That That is a good rule, That's Dan. a good rule. I agree with that. Yeah, because you, yeah, you don't want to be on the – it's one thing to be caught off guard inside your own home, but you're outside there's people around. That's – no more right. not, not that we, not that neither one of us haven't wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but it's worked out. So hey, you guys have a great day. Thanks, you too, buddy. All right, bye. And, cause, and that's another thing. You can also go out and do that, and the other person gets it, but maybe one of uh, your friends gets a little salty with you and goes, what'd you say that for? That was really yeah, it's between me and her. That know? was really her, and then yeah. they, so they insert themselves into it, and then like you know, then it sounds like an abusive relationship, correct? Because then the you know your wife's going, see, he didn't mean anything by it, and they're like, oh, that's bull. See, that's a, that's a very good point because sometimes couples can joke about things that right. are some other couple may think is totally out of bounds, but right. yeah, it doesn't doesn't matter. Hey, uh, Dave, what's going on with you, buddy? Talking about spousal roasting. So uh, my ex-wife and I are wrestling around on the couch, you know, just playing, and she accidentally put her little finger in my eye. So I tried to man up as though it doesn't hurt, doesn't hurt. We ended up in the emergency room. We're in the dark. Well, it gets better. We're in the darkened room, and the guy's looking through the eye exam thing, and he's all, oh, it looks like a fingernail. And I said, yeah, she did it. He got all serious. He turned the lights on. He's all, 
well, do I need to make a domestic violence oh report? Oh, I counted to 10 in my head, and I'm all, no, pal, it was just an accident. You know, it's no big deal. Are you sure? Do you want her to leave the room? No, 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 she doesn't have to leave the room. It's, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. Puts a couple drops in my eye. We walk out of the emergency room. As soon as the sliding glass doors close, I get a slap in the back of the head. Well, what's this for? Why'd you wait and tell him? Why don't you just tell him it's an accident in the first place? Oh, that's what you get for poking my eye. What do you want to <laughs> There you go. You kept the game going a little longer than she thought. All right. Okay. Uh, still a great story. Uh, that's nice, <laughs> yeah, man. Thanks. Uh, All right, fellas. Thanks, thanks Dave. Dave. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I'm trying to think of anything like that's ever happened to me. Not, not should have, he should have teared up and be like, I'm scared. Of it. I can't go on. <laughs> and she would have I've, really slapped him right there. See, now, since we've been married for a while, that stuff doesn't really happen. It seemed to happen more when we were dating. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, because you're a little edgy anyway, and uh, things can go real wrong real quick real quick if you're in the, if it's not a good situation to be in you know what i'm saying does that make sense great yeah so speaking of relationships this is down in florida go figure a largo woman was arrested friday for missing uh, for misusing 911 by calling and texting the number several times in the course of a couple of hours to make non-criminal complaints about her husband the uh, this uh, lady and, and we should put this on the blog because, like I said about the lady who pooped in the parking lot yesterday, <laughs> this lady looks like someone who would call nine one one multiple times to. Well, I'll just I'll read you the rest of it. Used it multiple times to phone and test, asking for things like, "How do I? Where can I get a counselor? And how do I file for divorce?" <laughs> so, <laughs> I guess the the operator. I uh, was like, you know, ma'am, this isn't the line to call. I mean, if you've got trouble with your husband right now, if he's being threatening, yes, we'll send somebody. No, nah, he's not being threatening. He's just being kind of a jerk. So I just want to get a divorce. <laughs> so, so I guess finally the cops go, okay, we'll go check it out. So blah, blah, blah. They show her up around her house around one fifty in the morning. Do the math. Uh, shoemaker was uh, this lady. Sylvia was reportedly highly intoxicated when being questioned by police. She was arrested and charged with misuse of the 911 system. So, you know, you hear about stupid, you know, idiots all the time calling to order a pizza or uh, stuff like this. And, uh, nah, don't do that. No, yeah. Yeah, people yeah, calling 911. That clogs the system up, but... Let's uh, talk to Jeff about it. Jeff, talking about spousal roasting. What do you have? Hey, good afternoon. My my wife, she's not a she doesn't play much sports, and they, her um, place of business asked her to play a softball league one time. So she she couldn't play really any positions. They put her at catcher. So the first play of the game, somebody knocked one to shortstop, and they had to play at home. They threw the ball back at home play towards her. She looked up over top the glove and caught this softball right in the eye, right? It's blackened her eye. So so the next day, I show up at a place of her where she worked at, and the girls you know, asked me you know, you know, what happened to her eye. I said, well, she didn't cook a good enough supper last night, so I popped her one. <laughs> oh, man. So 
I tell you what, I mean, I told this one girl, and this is a small, small, small town in Kentucky. I'm talking small town. By the afternoon, I was the hitman of the entire town <laughs> that I beat the heck out of my wife. And oh, no. You, you should have seen this thing, you know. I mean, it, it got to be so blown out of proportion, you know. Of course, I was having fun with it, you know. But, I mean, it, it just got way out of control See? where people wouldn't even talk to me. I mean, yeah. people were just going down the street looking at me like, you know, how could you hit your wife? And all this kind of good stuff is crazy. And, and, Jeff, that's one of those things, especially these days, is even more or even, you know, people don't want to joke about that kind of thing. You know what I mean? So I, I can understand what your situation. So, Jeff, let me ask you, how did you get it back under control, man? Well, she actually come clean a little bit. She let it go a lot longer than you know, she should have. Actually, she didn't even really know I said that until people come up to her and started saying, you know, some stuff about, you know, me and things like that. She goes, no, 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 I was playing softball. I looked, over, looked up over top of my glove, and I got hit. So only the people that was there at the game, you know, really knew about this thing, you know. So, but then after a while, like I said, she she come clean and told everybody. And But it took, it took a good month before even but he really started going back around town where yeah, he was just fooling around. He didn't, he was just joking, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, Thanks Jeff. Does he, that's, you know, you make a joke like that. And, you say you can't. Yeah. Well, it's like I said, people are going to insert themselves. And, and I guess maybe rightfully so. If you say you, you smack hit your wife, right? It's rightfully so that somebody inserts themselves into the situation. But sometimes, I, isn't it an obvious joke? I don't know. See that? That's yeah. That, that's what but I, I guess. It's something. Like so there's going to be people out. who like. Oh, you don't kid don't about that Don't take that, that stuff. risk of it being a joke. It's not nothing to joke about. Yeah. Whatever. Well, I've got a story of that very nature coming up here. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. People are like, well, you don't joke about that. That's not funny. It's an ad for a pizza parlor in uh, northern Ohio. And uh, this thing got way out of hand. And I, I guess this guy, he was thinking he was having some fun with it. And people finally just, he just finally said, you know what? Enough's enough. I'm not going to do it. I'm I'm taking it down. Yeah. But it's uh, a story we got coming up next. But now the news. News Radio 700 WLW. So, Rock, this is the kind of thing that hits home for me because for years and years I, I figured it up and I forget how many jokes I told on EBN as part of the joke of the day. It was legendary. It was to not be missed every morning. Every morning, 7.50 and uh, I, I, again I had to figure and then I, I, I don't remember. But uh, I could never do that now because it was because of the the reason that it was legendary is because they were st- 
nine times out of ten, it was totally inappropriate. Exactly, and and that's yeah. the thing. A lot of comedians even mm. say is a lot of most of the stuff that's funny yeah. is by definition inappropriate. It wasn't dirty, but it was. Eh, some people might consider it inappropriate. Yes. So this guy, uh, he runs a pizza shop up in Barberton, Ohio. I believe that's around Cleveland. I'm not sure about that, but I, but I think it is. So he owns the East of Chicago Pizza Place in Barberton. So he's started putting up comical billboards along the way. To you know, you, know, you want to catch the eye of your place. Of course. So he put up a billboard. One of the billboards he puts up, he put up. I there were lists, several lists. I don't have them in front of me. Uh, he said, fat people are harder to kidnap, <laughs> which is kind of funny because it's true. <laughs> so uh, people took offense. Of course they did. Yes. You shouldn't make a joke. said one lady, you shouldn't make a joke about kidnapping regardless of what it is. And another uh, lady says, I think it was just poor taste, very poor taste, very offensive. Uh, another uh, guy says, I see it as kind of funny myself. <laughs> <laughs> and it seems to be working because he's getting a lot of attention. And and that's the thing, you know. Um, well, I was just, I think it, was, it said the owner, I was just trying to be funny. I actually had uh, my sign out in front for three days and nobody said anything except funny things about it. So then he put up the billboard. Well, you know, once you expose it to the masses... People are going to find a way to get offended by it. They're going to go nuts. Some customers were furious. January, as we all know, is National Human Trafficking Awareness Month. Of course. And the guy's like, oh, of all the months out there, right? Exactly. And the guy says, I had no idea. That never crossed my mind. Quote, once I found out, you know, I've got kids myself. I'm worried. Oh, so he backpedaled it? So he so he stood down and uh, took it down. But, you know, it's one of those things where he already got the pub that he wanted on it. That's true. That's true. So why, you know, why be a, a a-hole about it and just say, you know, okay, if it's offending anyone, sorry about that. I thought it was funny. And that's pretty much what he has done. Oh, yeah, so you got you know sold a few more pizzas, right? Right, now exactly. The okay. Now people are going to sit around and wait for the next billboard to be put up. That's right. Well, and then he can do it again and say, "Oh, you know what? I didn't know that February was whatever month." And exactly. So I mean, like, well, speaking of old billboards, I mean, some of those EBN ones we put up. Oh, the morning sickness with you guys and with the pregnant stomachs was, yes. I mean, legendary. That you couldn't have done that in the age of Twitter. That would have been national news. Oh, absolutely. People would have freaked out about that. But I, I might have told this on the air. But this is when I was first going out with Deb, and that that billboard went up. <laughs> and her brother or her her dad was a nicest guy in the universe. Super cool. Super sweet. nicest guy. He was a hard worker. He had a great job, really good job. And his boss was in town. Uh, I forget where he was based, but they went out and played golf. Right. So Jim is taking the guy back to the airport to to drop him off for his flight home. So they're driving along and the guy goes, (laughs) his boss goes, what in the world is that? And 
Jim just looks over and goes, well, I don't know, but the one on the right is my daughter's boyfriend. (laughs) And the guy's like, are you kidding me, huh? The guy's like, oh, yeah. (laughs) I remember it, man. It was that that bill. I mean, it was a bunch of places, but how I went to school in the morning. Uh, was down North Bend Road, and it was right by the the Mount Airy Water Tower right there. Right, right, Boom, right, right over that building. I remember seeing, like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's when you guys had the pregnant bikini contest and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, God. Yeah, was I, remember, I remember all that stuff, Ed. Oh, my God. So that's, a, that's the thing. But you go back to that, and that was a different – it really was a different time. You know what I'm saying? You couldn't, you couldn't do that now. That was pre-Janet Jackson – Nipple slip, right? Correct. Well, wasn't that the thing that that, that was the once day that, the music died? Right? Once that is correct. Once that happened, all bets were off. We couldn't do anything anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> that I mean, <laughs> right? And you know, and I, I don't know. Did you see anything when the the I, I don't the remember Nipplegate thing? I, I don't didn't see watching anything. It. No, I think I was kind of watching it. I was. I don't like. Like scrutinize the halftime show. It's kind of on. You're like, okay, but that's cool. what that's what and, I was. Yeah. I was at a party and I was kind of half paying attention, and uh, and I wasn't really looking at it. And all of a sudden, somebody goes, "Oh my god, she just showed her boob or whatever." And blah blah blah. And I'm like, "What? Huh?" And so then I saw it in like slow motion. I'm like, "Where do you see anything?" I was like, "I don't see anything." Yeah. But but whatever. And but the and, wardrobe malfunction is what it was correct. officially called. But everything did change after that. Yeah, that's what I've heard. That was the that was the date. Well, all the well, that's when uh, you, they quit playing like unedited music on the air. So you guys used to play unedited music on EVN all the time, for sure. I'm trying to think of the songs that you would. Uh... Well, I can't even can't say, but there were a couple of them that. I mean, like, come on. When I was in college. Years ago, we played uh, Money by Pink Floyd, the Do Goody Good Bull thing. That's the one. Nice now song. they edit that. Yeah. I was playing that in 1976. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with people? I know. Uh, I, I, some, something. Uh, That's right. Yeah, Matt reminds yeah. us that uh, Longview by Green Day had, had, had a few F words in it. No one. Yeah, no one lost. No, ever. right. Well, no, right. Nobody complained. I mean, maybe there was a stray person here and there, but nobody complained. They didn't scrutinize the music to see if they heard a curse word in there. I mean, it's part of it though that there wasn't the avenue to do it. Now, I mean, they would have had to like, you know, go to the yellow pages, look up the number, call you, and no one knows that they called you. Now on Twitter, if someone sends a message, the whole world knows that they sent a message to you about playing a song with an F word on it. That is for uh, that is for that's sure. What, I mean, that's what instead really of one person getting upset about it and calling the station, and the receptionist goes, "Okay, duly noted. I'll yeah, pass I'll the word along to whatever. the boss." Blah blah blah, and it died right there. But now, like you said, you put it on Twitter, and all of a sudden, you got five thousand calls. Right, and all just metastasizes. <laughs> Rob, whatever happened to the good old days? I know, right? Sitting on the porch, right. watching cars go by. Cursing, drinking moonshine. That's right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Superimpose my head on a pregnant woman's be body. Right. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that stuff. That type of thing. Cursing, yeah, and, 
cursing you, while drinking while uh, while on moonshine. You know what? Uh, and the thing was, Bob the producer's kids were little then, and uh, <laughs> biker Bob. <laughs> yeah. Well, that when that billboard was out. Yeah. Uh, I don't think his wife was real happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> Those were great billboards. Daddy on the billboard. And I think his uh, and I think his daughter was absolutely petrified because I think she might have been in like junior high or something. Oh, that's funny. I never even thought of that. <laughs> yeah. What the kids had to go through. Yeah. Is that why they're all in therapy? Yeah. I think they're still there. <laughs> Right next to their dad. (laughs) (laughs) From the UC Health Traffic Center, offering congratulations to UC Health physicians for being recognized as the top doctor. Well, I see that my snacks go unappreciated in this particular studio. They're they're great. That's why I want you to take them. (laughs) Caramel M&Ms, unbeknownst to me before 3 o'clock today, are amazing. I'd never had them either, and uh, I was... That's why I told you to take those damn things home because I'm going to eat them all. Strolling through the grocery store with my wife, you know, and she hates me to go to the store with her, but I'll just go because I'm bored sometime and randomly buy stuff. And I go, oh, look at that, two bags of M&Ms for five bucks or whatever it was. So one of them was peanut M&Ms and one of them was these caramel things. And Dangerously good. They really are good. Absolutely. So, Ed, is that a phone in your pocket or are you just happy as soon? There was a man, this is... um. A Dutch uh, Dutch man was um, arrested uh, when police um, found him wandering around a rock concert, and he looked kind of, you know was kind of funny his pants because that's because he had thirty mobile phones in his cycling shorts. He was a pickpocket, thirty four year old guy, and um, he went to the Sum Forty One concert, which is funny, uh, in Amsterdam. And after a tip off from Belgian police, um, I guess or no, yeah, at another concert the same guy had stolen 50 mobile phones at a concert so now he go they find him and he's got the 30 phones this time uh it's not clear yet if the suspect a romanian national had accomplices at the uh amsterdam concert or not uh, took place on the 21st of january so so it's a skill man well you know they uh there's a lot of places you go that people they warn you about the pickpockets i don't know i've never I just saw, you know, they see these ads on Facebook and stuff all the time. The the latest one I saw was pickpocket-proof pants. Yeah, I've seen those, yeah. You know, like yeah. everything's got a, I don't know, some locking zipper on it. I always do. Such. I was always told, and I do this, like if you're at a concert or like a place where there's a lot of congestion, people, you put your wallet in your front pocket. Right, exactly. That's that's kind of what I do. Yeah, that's, um, a, you know, makes sense. So how about this one? You know, a lot, a lot of countries, unlike ours, um have to uh you know you have to know something about the about the country and about your surroundings and the area you're going to live in in order for you to live there right so this is a guy um he had lived in switzerland for 30 years he ran a successful small business um but he was doing his like um i guess uh citizenship application and he did not know you know they ask a little like quiz questions about the local surroundings and he did not know that in the local zoo, uh, bears and wolves shared the same enclosure. He did not know that. So they denied his citizenship. Because he didn't know that? Yes. <laughs> Apparently. Despite having lived in Switzerland for 30 years and in the business, he ignored uh, he was, uh, his ignorance over the local zoo, uh, scrapped his, ex- his uh, application. Um, 
you, well, you're not okay. Yeah, the uh, the Goldu Nature and Animal Park in Arth uh, in Arth. Okay, uh, Syrian brown bears are housed with in a two hectare community facility along with a pack of European wolves. The two species, unbeknownst to him, have lived together in the same compound for eleven years. So imagine that. So I, I I've lived in Cincinnati for forty years. You could ask me a lot of stuff about the Cincinnati Zoo. And I wouldn't know anything. Yeah, could, I mean, if they asked, I mean, yeah, I've been yeah. there before, but I don't remember exactly. <laughs> but apparently, Switzerland has a has a history of this. So, not too long ago, there was an Iraqi woman living there, who had lived in the country for over twenty years. She was uh, denied her citizenship uh, because during the course of the test, she answered "uh" over two hundred times. You know, um, well, uh, I don't know. She did that two hundred times, and there's that nope gone. Can't do that. But she didn't know the answer, or she just, or she said, uh, right, well, whatever, they, yellow. They just, it, <laughs> whatever. The, they <laughs> did, they denied it because she was saying, uh, they just didn't like that. So then, uh, any person under the age of 17 yeah, can true. never be admitted that's to the country. <laughs> also in Switzerland, if also if they said like <laughs> a uh, Dutch vegan was denied Swiss citizenship twice in 2017. For being too annoying after she uh, irritated authorities in her local village by campaigning using cowbells. You know, so you're like, man, I can vote for Eddie. You sure, know? right. And they said, nope, you can't. That's gone. You're, not only can you not do that here, we're kicking you out. Is that just that little town or is that Switzerland <laughs> in general? Because I say, hell, I don't want to be around yeah. those guys anyway. And, and I guess her pitch was she, was she was trying to do a thing where, you know, making a point that the bells used around the neck of the cattle. Is cruel to animals. That was one of those things. They're like, eh, we don't care. Gone. See ya. So wait a minute. Something that's been cows have been doing for uh, uh, since God knows when, since they were since, domesticated. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that now it's cruel to wear a bell around their neck. You didn't know that. How I dare that. you. I'm just kidding. I think, <laughs> I think sticking a cattle prod yeah. in their butt is okay. I would do it or uh, branding them, maybe. All right, okay. I was going to say, all right, a maybe, maybe you kind of got a point. But they're just wearing a bell around their neck? I would say the, the bells around the necks are more annoying to the neighbors than anything, right? Because they have the bell, ding, 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 whatever. That's just don't go to Switzerland thinking you're going to just, just – Buzz right through that citizenship. People test. are stupid. Uh, no question. Uh, so coming up here, a serious up just a little bit, but also you know just what what means something to you. What do you rem events? Obviously, this is in light of the Kobe Bryant thing that just happened. But stuff that will always stay with you because this is also the I believe is the thirty fourth anniversary of the challenge. I think it was yesterday, but but yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, you and I were talking about. I, I told you today. I said. I'll always remember where I was when I learned about Kobe Bryant. I was at Home Depot in Harrison when I got the text from Matt Steinman. I looked down and I go, what? And now I was standing in line checking the checking it out on Twitter to verify. And yep. and I remember telling the, the cashier. Uh, it's, yeah, so events that you remember where you were when they happened. Seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred. the big one. Pound 700 on AT&T. Your calls. Coming up next. But now the news, News Radio 700 WLW.
the anniversary of the Challenger explosion, this Kobe Bryant helicopter crash, Princess Di going down there in Paris, and the list goes on and on and on. What? Uh, where were you? How do you remember? What was going on with, in your life when you saw that? What was one for you? The day that you'll always remember. I'm, I'm honestly, I remember the Challenger thing real well because I was watching it live. We were uh, getting ready to have a staff meeting at EBN, and so we just happened to, it was in our conference room, there was a TV, and it was kind of always on, and, you know, people have paid attention to it, but I was like, oh, look, they're, they're launching a space shuttle. So we all sat there and watched it, and all of a sudden, douche, and yeah. uh, you were like, holy crap. Yeah, now, I, I was, was, I was in first grade Yeah, watching it. Yeah, I remember sitting there. So, uh, your stories, let's get to them right now. Hey, Aaron, thanks for calling. What do you have? Memorable events. Uh, 9-11. I had been sick sick the day before, and I came in uh, that morning. I'm like, I'll try and make it. Obviously, I didn't feel very good, so I was getting ready to leave. I was closing my desk down, and I was listening to you on the Dawn Patrol. And I remember you guys obviously cut up, you know, carrying on, having a good time. And I remember a, a distinct change in the tone of you guys being on air, turned my radio up, and I started listening to it, and I'm like, what is going on here? I will never forget that day. Yeah. And just the sound of your guys' voices. Well, that was, that was the thing, Aaron. It was like, you know, it was, we had TVs in the studio, and I'm looking at it, and, and, I, and I remember saying to somebody after the first plane went in, I was like, I don't think that's an accident. Because somebody yeah. was saying, no, this is an accident. And I'm like. I, I I don't yeah. think a jetliner crashes into a building is an accident, quite frankly. Right. I remember leaving and going home and just being glued to the TV all day. But it was one of those, it was like, I will never forget that day and just that change. Yeah. yeah. No, I, thank I, you. I mean, that's Me one too. I'd have to imagine pretty much everybody in this country remembers where they were oh. when they found out. Yeah. Yeah. If, you're, if you were alive then, you remember what was going on. Hey, Ray, what about you, buddy? Memorable events. Yeah, I don't know if uh, Rocky's old enough to remember this, Eddie. You will. I remember where I was when Elvis Presley died. Uh, yeah. I was 11 years old and just uh, still live in the same small town I lived in back then. And I remember playing out outside, and my mom walked out on the porch and told me and my brother um, that uh, Elvis Presley had passed away. And I can pretty much drive up that street and point to the exact area where I was uh, in that yard when I received that news. So, Yeah, that's, uh, a, that's a big time moment. I, I know my dad can, yeah, can tell you exactly right. where he was. Same thing. Yeah, exactly. Because I was in a car with my mom, who was a giant Elvis fan, and I think we were coming over from my grandma's house. And uh, I was older than 11. I forget exactly how old I was. But uh, she just started crying immediately. He was a giant, you know, of course. big time Elvis fan. So let's get to Craig's story. Craig, what's going on, buddy? Thanks for holding. What do you have? Did you say Greg? I got Craig. Uh, well, I'm Greg. But well, all right, Greg. Enough. Well, then we just misheard you. Go ahead. Um, I'm 62. Got a lot of common with you, Eddie. I'm from a large family, lived in Kentucky. Mom was stay-at-home mom. But anyway, I was six years old when JFK got shot, and I can tell you 
I was sitting on the on the couch in the family room. My mom was in the basement doing laundry, and I ran to the door and told her that JFK had been shot, and she just went into hysterics. But uh, I'll never forget that. Six yeah. years old. Yeah. Greg, I'm, you know, you and I are basically the exact same age, and uh, I were in, and thanks, buddy. I remember it. But I don't. Rem- I was in school. I remember I was in school, and that's all, pretty much all I remember. I was in first grade, right? Yeah. So, uh, and I just remember the teachers all there was lots of yeah. lots of chatter going on, and uh, so I think we got out early that day. I mean, it wasn't too early, but everybody was just like, "Let's just send yeah, these kids home." Big. Hey, what's going on with you, Mark? What do you have? Memorable events. So I'm 53, and so I don't remember, obviously, JFK is before my time. But the one I do remember, I was watching Monday Night Football, and Howard Cosell said, I've got some sad news, and John Lennon had been shot. And it's like, it's it's not like he died. It's like he was shot. And it's like, you know, and it's it's fascinated. And that was was just shocking, and and that was very memorable. Memorable. Yeah, see, you know what, Mark? I had been watching Monday Night Football that night, and then I went to bed early. I don't even know why. And then because uh, you had to get up, right? Right. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I had a. I was. I was out of radio. Then I was working at an ad agency, and I uh, went to bed. And I got up in the morning, and I'm. T- I took a shower, and I just. And my girlfriend had on the Today Show or whatever, and I looked at it, and they keep showing pictures of John Lennon. I was like. What happened? What were they keep showing Lennon for? She goes, I think he got shot. I, oh, man. I was, you know what a kind of a Beatles fan I am. I was bummed. Yeah. Hey, uh, how about you, Jay? What's going on, buddy? Hey, how are you guys doing? Good. 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 Uh, Steve Irwin. I was, I was up visiting my mom at the time. I came downstairs, and she'd been watching the news, and I've always loved reptiles and, and exotic animals, so he was he was kind of like an idol to me and just everything he did with conservationism, and that was a super, super sad day for me. What what Around what year was that? Do you remember? I mean, I remember that one. That, I don't remember where I was, but I remember because I, mean, I watched that show all through college. Sure. You know? um, yeah, I'm thinking it was, what, probably about a decade ago now. I was, You know what? I, I, that sounds about right, Jay. I'm not yeah, sure me, about that, but, up, but uh, more or less about 10 years. Uh, yeah, about 6, 10, 11 years. Oh, is that long? More, okay. yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, thanks. Yeah, that was yeah. absolutely. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for calling. Thanks, that's buddy. A, that's a good one. Hey, Sharon, what's going on with you? Thanks for calling. What do you have? Okay, so this happened um, 17 years ago, actually, in a few days. It was when the Spatial Olympia fell out of the sky. My son was just born, and I had just I had been off work, and I just happened to be watching it, and it was when the space shuttle just fell out and just disintegrated. Oh, when that was re-entering there? Yeah, and thanks, Sharon. Yeah, when the... I don't remember that one. Yeah, they was coming across the sky, and I, I forget what exactly happened to it, but it just disintegrated in the atmosphere. Oh, okay. Let's talk to uh, Mike about it. Mike, how you doing? Talking about memorable, uh, memorable events. Yeah, in the Navy in Virginia Beach, 9-11, get a call from the uh, big bosses saying, how many up jets can you launch and how many missiles can you shoot? Wow. The air crew went, up, the air crew went upstairs to get a brief on how to shoot down a commercial airliner. And for the first time, we were loading live missiles in the States to go shoot down a commercial aircraft carrier. Dude, what, what, what was going through your head when that was going down? 
You know, I think at the moment, muscle memory just takes over, right. and everything, adrenaline takes over, so you go load the jets. But I know the air crew coming down, incredibly stressed about the whole possibility of having to shoot down a commercial so airliner. So they went through instructions of what to do and how to take down a commercial airliner? Yeah, the interrogation process, how to make sure if they were you know, good or bad, if they were in communication with towers, all that stuff. Wow. Man. See that would yeah, Mike. Be... Thanks for sharing that. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, I you know I've always heard that they were yeah, you know never heard it to like absolutely proven. Yeah, like, you know if it's there one other jet, is there sure, hundred other jets that are I doing this? Yeah. Hey, how about you, Bob? Thanks for holding, man. What do you got? With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I was a Navy guy, too. I was on the USS John L. Hall uh, when the Challenger blew up. We were actually out in the ocean, and the captain came on board, told us what had happened, and we had to steam out of the area because they were afraid the debris was going to fall on top of the ship. So we steamed out of the area. Uh, so that was kind of crazy. And then 9-11, I was at a golf outing, and the rangers came out and told us that what had happened. And you, you guys ever been to a golf outing, right? And yeah, there's always yeah, a big sure. dinner after you're done and everything. Yeah. Well, everybody left. All the food, I guess they just threw it away because nobody stayed for the for the after after golf outing dinner. It was it was crazy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Bob. We'll get to your calls next. Seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred. The big one pound seven hundred on AT and T. Memorable memorable events for you and where you were, Rob. You got any like that? Oh, I remember September eleventh. I was oh, on my for sure. I was yeah. listening to. Uh, 55 KRC at the time, and uh, Jerry and Craig were talking about it. And, uh, you know, at first when they brought it up, they were just like, oh, you know, a plane hit a building in New York City. And then uh, when they said what the building was, you know, they got more and more concerned. I I was getting ready for work. I left for work, and I walk in the door and went in the studio and then uh, saw that uh, another plane hit the other building. Right. And uh, that was definitely something I'll never forget. Mm -hmm. Oof. No, like I said, I remember being in the studio and sitting there watching that TV, uh, watching the screen. I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Initially, you know, it was just like, uh, it, it sounded like it was just a commuter plane that uh, went off track. But then uh, when they said it was a World Trade Center. Well, yeah, when they first presented it, they did say it was like a small commuter craft or something like that. It was just a small plane. So you think. Okay, maybe that could happen. I don't know. Maybe the guy was having difficulties. But when you saw it was a jetliner, there is no way. Yeah. Uh, and that really affected me. I, I was just haunted by that for the rest of the day. Um, just because looking at the TV and seeing the uh, the ashes and the dust coming down on the city and the people running through oh, yeah. it, it was just surreal. And it was like, this is not a movie. This is real. Yep. You got it. Unbelievable. From the UC Health Traffic Center, offering congratulations to UC Health physicians for being recognized as the top doctors in Cincinnati. Still working. Eddie and Rocky talking about where were you when? The other day you said you were at Home Depot? 
I believe. When uh, the, the Home Depot, when uh, Matt Steinman texted me that, and I was like, what? And then I was in line, and uh, the guy, the cash register, Mike, uh, I told him the news, and he was like, what? Yeah, I and just that's like right when it was first started, kind of trickling out. I just happened to be looking at my computer, just randomly killing some time, and all of a sudden it started. I think I'm, I've been on Facebook, and all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. like yep. you know, like you're saying about Twitter. Uh, so where were you, and what was going on at the time? Hey, Amy, how are you? I am well. How are you? We're doing great. Good. What do you have? I've got April nineteenth, nineteen ninety five. The day the federal building in Oklahoma City was blown up. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I gave birth to my oldest child that day. So Wow, really? I will never forget that. Yep. So now did you give birth before or after or during the uh oh, No, it was after. You know, I check into my hospital thinking I'm going to watch some game shows and wait for this thing to happen and... All I hear about this federal building with right. a daycare in it, and right. Oh, that's oh man, that it was a disaster. It was a mess, but yeah, that's, you know. Yeah. I, and thanks, Amy, because you know what? You don't, that's that's one of those things you don't hear about that much anymore. You don't. You don't. Because it wasn't. You know, much, then yeah. several years later, obviously, nine uh, eleven happened right. and all that stuff. Hey, uh, what's going on with you, Brett? Thanks for holding. What do you have? Hey, Eddie, Rocky. One that I'll never forget. I was just a kid, about seven or eight, but the night that Beverly Hills Supper Club burned down, I can remember sitting there with my parents watching the 11 o'clock news with Al Shottlecotty. And uh, the reason I'll never forget it is my sister was a waitress there, and she was supposed to work that night, and she had traded off shifts because she had a date, and my parents didn't know it. I can remember my mom and dad just absolutely freaking out because they thought she was working there that night. Oh, I bet. You know what, Brad? I, I feel like I, I when I did my night show, I did this topic. Thanks, and I feel like he, he, he might have called in and told me. I can remember hearing something like that. Yeah, so it was supposed to work, but then didn't. Yeah. How about you, Tom? Memorable events. You guys remember when O.J. Simpson rode down the highway in that white Bronco with his buddy? Oh, yeah. Bingo. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, that ruined an entire light, night of Matlock and murder, she wrote. And then a few months later... Uh, they had the trial and read the verdict. It ruined another night of Matlock and murder, she wrote. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, it did. Yeah, that, uh, that ruined a lot of days for a lot of people. I was in a hotel room with my mom and dad in Washington, D.C. Really? And that happened, and uh, they were showing the Bronco chase and all that stuff. And we sat there and watched it forever. Oh, yeah. And uh, my old man was like, I'm not leaving. I'm going to keep watching this. Yeah. So, so with, he and mom ordered room service, and my sister and I walked down the street to some hamburger joint yeah. or whatever, and we watched it on TV there. I, I've told the story. I, I was at a baseball tournament in Paducah, Kentucky, and the, the word, is, again, before Twitter and social media, the word had kind of gotten out. Like, it, you know, it, it, the baseball game was over. I was kind of hanging out, and then it was like, boom, hightailed it back to the hotel and watched out the rest of the night. Hey, Bill, what about you, buddy? What do you have? Uh, just remembering when I was in either 8th, 7th or 8th grade watching TV at home with my parents after the uh, uh, President Kennedy's assassination mm-hmm. when uh, uh, Jack Ruby shot Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah, that was another one. Ties uh, I, it, uh, it struck a lot of kids at the time, but uh, it just... Uh, I, I can picture the TV screen in in, in my mind. 
from that. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt, Bill. That's because uh, again, I vaguely remember that you were in first grade. You said, first right? grade, yeah, yeah, yeah. But my mom and dad were—they were. It was on TV constantly, constantly. that whole weekend. Yeah. Hey, Jim, what about you? Memorable events. 1988 AFC Championship game against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, uh, Jim Kelly was on the 10-yard line, and we were up in the red section, my dad and I. And I've been to Judas Priest concerts. I've been to Iron Maiden concerts. And it was so loud, the concrete at Riverfront Stadium was actually shaking. And he had to call a timeout. I, I think it was like third and goal or something. He had to call a timeout. It was so loud, your vision was shaking. It was unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable. That, that game was on, I think, uh, New Year's Eve, if I remember right. And then the connecting story to that is after they won, I remember all the vendors, like guys were selling T-shirts out of the back of their van at, at like every major intersection for that two weeks up to the Super Bowl. It was just like, you, if, if you went and couldn't get like a, a – a Bengals T-shirt. It was literally like every corner you could get a Bengals T-shirt. So the, the city was absolutely on fire. So yeah. but that game was amazing. My the only time my vision was shaking because the dust was so that's, unreal. That's, that's insane, cool, man. man. That place did get loud. Yeah, you know, I was in there for a few loud uh, Reds games and Bengals games, but. It's just a you know that bowl, right? Just, just echoes <laughs> off all the people in the concrete. Yeah. You want to take some more calls? Yeah, let's do it. That's good. Got a lot of people lined up. We'll get to your calls next. But now the news, News Radio, seven hundred WLW. Eddie and Rocky a little bit longer, coming up at the top of the hour. Well, it's 6.30. We've got uh, UC basketball. But uh, the first segment there with uh, Lance, he's got David Bell. Got David Bell. Going to talk about the Cassiano signing. How about that? It's big stuff. Big doings. 6.10. Hey, Tom, thanks for holding, buddy. What do you have as far as memorable events go? Hey, how are you? Good. Hey, uh, a lot of those memories, I can remember where I was at, but this particular one, the Who concert, uh, had tickets. My girl and I had tickets and decided to sell them and stay home. And that's when my daughter was conceived. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so I, it's a good memory along with a bad memory. Yeah. Yeah, that's a double there, yeah. Yeah. yeah and th thanks, Tom. That, that is something. <laughs> yeah. Terry, thanks for holding. What do you have? Well, mine is 9-11 as well, except the night before, I'm standing at the kitchen watch, watch, washing dishes, and all the planes are going over the house because we were under the uh, flight plane. And I said, doesn't it bother you that all these planes are going over the house? And my guy said, I'll only worry if they're not there. And the very next day, they weren't there. Wow. That's eerie. Yeah. Yeah, Terry. And, and thanks, because... I, de I definitely remember, and it's not like, you know, there is no flight path over our house. But I remember being out there that it was a nice night, and I went out and was like having a smoke and because uh, everything had been grounded then. 
And I just remember looking up in the sky, and usually you see something see go something, over. I mean, yeah. in the distance Jet or whatever. Stream, something, yeah. You saw absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yep. Let's talk to, I believe we've got Scott here. Scott, thanks for calling, buddy. What do you have? I got it September 11th, but it's 1985, number 14, Peter Edward Rose, getting 4192. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I, I saw it. Did you? I mean, I saw it on TV. I, I was listening to Hall of Famer Marty Brenneman when he made that call. How about that? I remember seeing Pete on a bag in front of a standing ovation. Uh, proud Cincinnati moment there. Yeah, and the oh, sun for came sure, out. man. Thank Pete you. Junior. I remember I watched that. I was on my grandpa's lap. Remember? Well, I remember, you know, I've heard that radio call a million times. And God rest <laughs> Joe's soul. Joe went absolutely crazy. Marty was like wanted to kill him, I bet. <laughs> Stepping all over the play-by-play. He couldn't help himself, you know. Hey, Melissa, how about you? Memorable moments. Hey there, I remember when the Space Shuttle Challenger blew up, and I was listening to Mike McConnell on the radio when it happened. And I remember what he said. The first thing he said when, he, when the breaking news came across, he said, did they have parachutes? And I always remember him saying that. Wow, man. man yeah, that's, that's uh, and, I, and I don't know if it's true or not, but uh, did you ever hear allegedly that they did survive? Oh, is that another one of those stupid I, I have no theories? idea if it's a conspiracy thing or what. on the same island with Tupac and right, Kirk Cobain I guess. I don't know. Jim Morrison. Right. How about Johnny? Johnny, what do you got there in Bethel? All right. I enjoy your conversation today. and. I'll tell you what, uh, I remember all of the things we've been talking about, but one thing also stood out to me was the uh, afternoon that Dale Earnhardt died. I was at work, and we had a late meeting. We we were going upstairs, and we had a break room with a large, big-screen TV, and we said, hold on, we got to watch the end of the race because we can see it going. We had a bunch of fans. And we were watching it, and we saw the crash happen, and we're like, oh, man. Dale just got wiped out, and, well, we just went into the, our uh, room, had our meeting, came back down to work, and as the next shift came in, we were leaving, and everybody said, hey, you see what happened to Dale Earnhardt? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we saw him. He got in the wreck, and, you know, he lost the – didn't, you know, win the race. They're like, no, he's dead. And then it's just like there was something that come over your body that you just hard to understand, but it was a really – surreal moment and it took a while to get over yeah, bet, yeah johnny that's and thanks buddy i mean you know i've i've i followed nascar a little bit there for a while and uh i mean i wasn't a giant fan fan you know obsessed by it but i i remember hearing that and i was like man this is hitting me harder than you know right as a casual i mean of course you knew who dill arnard was course yeah, the yeah, same was... way you know mickey mantle was right yeah even if you didn't watch it you knew he was the man yeah Mark, how about you? Memorable mo- uh, moments in your life. Hello? Yo, Mark. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Yeah. Tell us. Hey, Todd uh, Frazier uh, went in Homer and Derby. I had my 13-year-old son. That's the most money I've ever spent going to a Reds game slash All-Star game. But that was probably the best moment I can remember for the Reds. And um, I'll be 50 this year. I don't remember really a winning season. Well, that 
If you were there with your son, that's that's pretty cool. I just remember that, being downtown and watching. I was at a thanks, bar Mark. in OTR, and, and that was one of those moments, like, you know, you always talk about sports bringing people together. Like, I don't know anybody in that bar, right? Because right. we, we did, like, a radio show before it, and I was like, oh, some folks are down there. And just everyone's watching that thing and hugging each other and high-fiving people you never met in your life. It was wonderful. Greg, how about you? Something memorable. Uh, it was a terrible memory, my worst, maybe. March 30th, 1975, Hamilton, Ohio, the Rupert murders. Uh, mass murders, 11 people were shot, the worst in U.S. history, one family. It was a very difficult day, March 30th. You know what? And I I remember that, but that was, I mean, I, that's when I lived in Dayton, but of course you heard about it. Mm-hmm. And if you lived in that area, obviously that would be yeah, big deal. Yeah. totally devastating. Let's get to uh, Chuck about it. Chuck, what do you say, buddy? What do you have? Well, this here is another 9-11 story, but it's got a twist. I was working for a furniture delivering company, and uh, I was listening to you guys on the radio in the Dawn Patrol. Yeah. And uh, we get to our first stop, and they got their TV on, and as I walk in to figure out where they're wanting it, you know, they're sitting there dancing around, clapping, high-fiving each other, actually celebrating. Okay, I got this. Went back out to the truck, and with all my might, took a running start and pushed their truck, their couch right off the truck. Really? So Left it right there in the driveway for them. You know, I, I think you've called before when we've done this, Chuck, and I remember you telling the story. That, that's awful, man. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's ooh. thanks, Chuck. Yeah, that's that's insane. Mm-hmm. How would you react? Not well. Yeah. Uh, Not well at all. Phil, how are you, buddy? What do you have? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, there's a bunch of different things that I sporting events with my dad and whatnot. But there's one thing I always wanted to tell you guys before I ever got a chance, and it was uh, the night that Joe Nuxall passed away. The next morning, early in the morning, I was on my way to work. I mean, it was really early, probably 6 o'clock, 5.30. And Segman came on and started talking about it. And he started talking about how they got a great one in heaven. And he just broke down crying on the radio. And I haven't heard it since. And I was just, you know, I just wanted to say that, you know. He was, he was really touched by Joe Nuxall's passion. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I love Joe. Thanks, no. Phil. You know, I, I never heard that. I didn't hear either, but. I remember the, the day. Gabby, what do you have? Hey, I've got something very special, something out of the ordinary. Okay, this happened in Florida. Uh, Chris Everett, she was playing the Family Circle, you know, the magazine Family Circle. Sure. The uh, tournament over there in Amelia Island. Two situations, okay? One, it was the same time when Bobby Riggs and uh, Billy Jean King had played. Sports Illustrated was doing a special uh, thing with both of them. And what I did, because I used to work with Super X Drugs, and I traveled over there, and I got there very early in the morning. That time, security is nothing compared to what it is now. I walked in, and I just roamed around, and then um, and I saw. I was right there with uh, the two of them being interviewed, separate uh, places. Okay, now this is a special thing. Chris Everett won the uh, tournament. The people went down there to the uh, tennis court area. 
all kinds of fancy cameras were taking pictures of her and being presented the award and all that. But here I come in my little pocket one ten uh, $99 camera. I'm amongst all these professional uh, sportscasters and all that, taking these special pictures, and here I was standing right there in front of her taking with my 110 camera. <laughs> you know, you can't do that now, of course. Heck no. But that yeah. was really something. No, that's uh, that's cool, Gabby. Very cool. Uh, thank you. I mean, because it, it is true. I mean, think about that right now. You try to do something like that at a major sporting event of some nature? Oh, yeah, security everywhere. Chris Everett was my jam, though, back in the day. Ah, uh, you look like a, like a Chris Everett I had a thing for guy. her big time. She's cute. Yeah. Her and there was, an, there was another one. I, I forget. Well, Mart- then Martina Navratilova. That's well, the one I was going to guess. Of course, later. That was much later. Now, back then, Chris Everett was my age. So right. back in the 70s, you know, they were kind of pinups. I'm trying to think who the other one was. Chris Everett. Hmm. Hmm. Ah, well, Who's the one that got stabbed? Why am I thinking of that one right now? Who was that? Oh, Did um, you got Nancy Kerrigan? No. That, <laughs> come on, no. <laughs> Why? 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 Oh. No, that was you fool. That was Steffi Graf. Steffi Graf. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I was thinking <laughs> one of the funniest recreations when, um, oh, what was his name on Saturday Night Live when he was Carrie Scrugg? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that one. It was terrible. She hurt her knee in the Olympics. Yes. But, but when he did the uh, the parody of it, my gosh, that was horrible. <laughs> <You're right>. Why? <laughs> Great. Oh, man. From you guys the... are a barrel of monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> laughing at other persons. Yes. <laughs> oh, tragedies. From the UC Health Traffic Center, offering congratulations to UC Health physicians for being recognized as the top doctors in Cincinnati. There's now a broken down southbound 275 or southbound 75. It's approaching buttermilk. Traffic is slow uh, getting by there. Other slow spots, North 75, Mitchell to Paddock. Southbound, you're heavy out of Lachlan, getting past Mitchell. Then between Liberty and the Cut the Hill. Assholes. North 71, uh, slow Dana to... All right. Eddie and Rocky about done. Lance coming in with breaking news. Breaking news. Come on, I, uh, Lance. I take no joy in, in reading this know, tweet this is, from the Cincinnati Reds uh, moments ago. The tweet says, Eugenio Suarez today had surgery to remove loose cartilage in his right shoulder, an injury suffered recently in a swimming pool. His physical activity will be limited at the beginning of spring training. We anticipate him to be ready to play near the beginning of the regular season. That from the Reds about 12 minutes ago on Twitter. All right, so right shoulder—that's his throwing shoulder, so that's not mm-hmm, good. Mm-hmm. That's his—that uh, would, yeah, that would be his back shoulder on his on his follow-through swing. Right. So I, I get. Look, it, it doesn't. I, it, I guess it could be much worse. It could be reconstructive surgery, and he's right. torn the labrum yeah. and stuff like it. So I, I don't. I, I'm not going to panic from this. It's just for all the momentum and the excitement they built out. Up, this is just a little bit of a like a kick in the shin. Like, 
here we go because now the watch will be when is he going to be ready? Is it truly going to how what does near the start of spring train or near the start of the regular season mean? Does that mean Mustakas plays third and Senzel plays second until he's ready? I all speculation at this point, but the wrong kind of speculation. God. Well, you have David Bell coming up here in yes, just a few David minutes. David Bell correct? will join me at uh, six ten. I will certainly ask him about it. So uh, <laughs> I'm shocked right now. I just yeah. I know. just I mean, it's I, as I said walking in here, we just can't have nice things. <laughs> I mean, all the all the excitement and the buzz and like, wait a minute, swimming pool, shoulder surgery, Suarez. Anticipate near the beginning of the regular year. season. Uh, let's just yeah. assume it's all going to be well and uh, the world is fine. Quick thoughts on the uh, Cassiano sign. I, I think it's huge. I, it's just a, a really big bat to drop into the order. And you know, I talked with Dick Williams earlier today, and he said, had you told me at the start of the, the offseason we'd spend $160 million and, and acquire two starting outfielders, a starting pitcher, and a starting second baseman, he says, I think people would have said you you were nuts, and they've done exactly that. Now, now tell me, the, I mean, have they had to really give up anything other than That's money? That's the key. They, they have not touched yeah. a single prospect, so if – a trade were to develop maybe between now and spring training or approaching the deadline. Senzel. They have all the, the, the right. chips in the, in the cupboard right now. That's so great. do they hang on to Senzel? Now they're kind of going to force their hand a little bit you know, to that's, see that's what another happens good with point. That, That's another good point of this uncertainty would certainly lead you to pump the brakes on being ready to deal somebody now to get somebody else. So we will see. I'll well, be go. curious to hear your conversation with Mr. Bell. Yes. I hope I'm not surprising him with this information. Huh? <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, you hear that all the time about people getting getting cut and getting all the information on Twitter and on the media before they get the call themselves. So you never know. What else are you going to hit Mr. Bell with? Uh, well, uh, the impact on Castellanos, how he feels about this team going to spring training and uh, just what it's like. He's been dressed up four times this offseason for news conferences. I, I bet he, he likes the fact they keep bringing him in for news conferences to, to meet his new players. It's It's been a really big offseason. I mean, that's got to be great for a coach. I mean, that's yeah. what you want is when the organization says, all right, we're going to get the pieces. Now you got to take it from there. So no doubt about that's, it. That's good. Well, I mean, happened. now it's like put up or shut up. You got, you know what? You got the players. This team is. I, I'm not ready to go so far as to say they are the favorite to win the division. I certainly think it would be fair to say they are a contender for this division because the rest of the pack has dropped down, doing nothing, losing guys, and the Reds have obviously jumped up. So it will be fun. Fifty, I think, fifty-eight days till opening day. 80, 88 wins, ninety-two wins. Where you? All at? I'm concerned about is I bet the over of eighty-two and a half. <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, sure. Give me an 83 and I'm good. Winner, winner, chicken dinner right there, son. You're fine. All right. It's Lance next. He got David Bell. After the news now, News Radio 700 WLW. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.